This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't have the virus. 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 I don't wear mask in the ocean. I don't wear mask in the ocean. Brandy and Denise sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. It's your weekly Housewives Roundup episode of Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's do it. What is up, you guys? My God, this, I know I'm giving this episode episode to you guys a little bit late. I actually, most of you know, uh, because a lot of you now follow me on the Instagram account. I uh, celebrated my birthday this past weekend. I actually did a little traveling. Uh, me and some cousins, you know, I have like a million cousins. We all went to Birmingham just to, you know, eat Papado, uh, eat the crab barrack. You know, we did a lot of eating, did a little shopping. Uh, my cousins actually planned a whole thing. They like booked out this like hotel conference room 
and like did this whole like kind of little party for me. It was immaculate. It was, I mean, I haven't had this much fun in a while. I'm sure a lot of you haven't had much fun either. Like during this whole, you know, 2020 has been a rough year, but this was a lot of fun and it all came gobsmack in the middle of a jam packed housewives week. Oh my God. We have a lot to talk about. You know, I always try to keep it, you know, kind of condensed. We don't do the normal recaps here. You know, I talk about the big points and use those to jump off on whatever little tangent, you know, get on my soapbox, whatever we want to talk about that week. I I mean, each one of the cities, I'm kind of surprised, gave us some stuff to talk about. Maybe not the stuff that you guys want to talk about, but if, there are a few things that stuck out to me, at least, in each one of these uh, cities. And we're just going to, you know, kind of go through, you know, you guys know how this works now. We're going to go through, hit the highlights. I'm going to give my opinions on them. And then we're all going to cuss and argue with each other on Instagram. I mean, it's the best time in the world. If you, if you're not following me on Instagram yet at housewives, Marvel podcast, you don't know you're missing out. We do a lot of, uh, crap talking on there. It's all in fun though. You know, nothing malicious towards the cast. I would never do that. I don't like, you know, having that kind of account, but we do a lot of, uh, crap talking. We do a lot of laughing cause I post a lot of funny memes. I do a lot of reposting as well. It's just a good time. So if you don't follow me on there, pause this, get on Instagram, Follow me right now. Let's get into Beverly Hills. The first thing I kind of want to talk about is everyone discussing Kyle and Teddy's relationship. You know, Dorit makes the point that she feels like she's been attacked by Kyle all season. Kyle says she feels the same. You know, Dorit tried to take credit for her fashion show in New York. Uh, Dorit made some kind of comment. I, I, apparently, Dorit made a whole lot of comments throughout the season. I do remember feeling like that towards the beginning of the season. I feel like it kind of subsided, but, you know, it's been kind of obvious that they've had a little friction between them all year. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm I'm about to go to I'm about to go to bat for Kyle for a little bit. I know you, you y'all, if you've been listening to the past episodes, you probably think I've fell and bumped my head, but I'm not crazy. I actually don't think that in a lot of these situations, you know, they reference uh, Kyle at Erica's house and, you know, making that comment. Is it because you don't have good girlfriends and, you know, things like that? They reference that as Kyle making these mean points and not getting as defensive about their relationships with Kyle as she does with her relationship with Teddy. I actually I think that Kyle was doing what most people do in those situations, she started swinging because she felt like she was backed into a corner. Now, is their relationship weird? I don't, it it's just seems like it's kind of close to me. I don't necessarily think their relationship is weird. I know they said Erica can't relate because she ain't got no damn friends. Now that was a little mean, Kyle. You had to say, you didn't have to say that, especially to that lady face. You know, you could say it behind her back, but you didn't have to say it to her face and at her damn dinner table. Now I would have kicked your ass out for that. I didn't fed you, and you gonna sit up here and tell me all. You know what, Kyle? I, I'm sitting up here defending you, but I think I'm about to change my mind. So let me keep moving forward before I actually change my mind, and then you not have no friends at all. You know what? If people examined my relationships, like my close relationships, the way they did with Teddy and Kyle, I might be scrutinized too, honestly. You know, I come from a fraternity background, 
you know, I was in a fraternity in school. If you don't know weird, you've never been inside of a frat house. I mean, my God, the amount of, first of all, anyone willing to live with uh, tens of nasty ass men, you know, is already something wrong with us in the head. But the type of relationships that are cultivated in Greek life are really unexplainable. And some of the weird, idiotic, dumb, but hilarious stuff that goes on inside of sorority and fraternity houses can't be explained. I know it sounds weird comparing their relationship to that of a sorority, but they feel like they're sisters. They feel very close. Kyle says she is more so friends with her than she is with anyone else on the cast because she feels that Teddy's really the only one that's kind of been having her back, to be honest. And I mean, is that true? I don't know. I'm not Kyle. I can't really say, but I know she feels the way about Dorit. And what's really weird is that they kind of ended that whole little segment by really kind of letting us know that Kyle and Dorit are beefing like in real life. Like they haven't talked since like the show wrapped. And since they shot their reunion, they have not been speaking, which is kind of crazy because I don't know. Maybe uh, Teddy, maybe you in charge of the girls after all. I don't know. You know, they're trying to get you fired. Ooh, Teddy. I'm a, <laughs> at the time of me filming this episode, they are going in on Teddy online. Chat. They said, I know y'all been starving for uh, a new episode from me. Cause it's been over a week. Well, the hell uh, you not starving the way that, uh, they allege that Teddy is starving these people that <laughs> you not starving the way that they say Teddy is starving these people in this accountability class, man, they are, I'm talking about that. And then they, they trying to say, you know, her husband is allegedly a fraud and a scammer too. I always think back to their reunion when they were talking about, uh, Kyle's house getting broken into and they were like and Edwin just put in a new security system let me move on I don't need them rich ass people coming after me and suing me for this little bit of piece of podcast I got I only got hey I only had this for two months and now don't take it yet damn I mean (laughs) Edwin I'm not coming after your business that's them people I don't even know y'all like that okay let's move on to talk about that whole Lisa Ray oh lord I do that every single week. Lisa Renna, not Lisa Ray. Lisa Renna, not Lisa Ray. Lisa Renna. I have to think. One of them is a white woman with a, a 70s hairdo. The other one is Diamond from the Players Club. I don't know why I keep saying that. That's That just shows y'all my level of blackness. I'm blackity black black. I'm sitting up here constantly calling this woman Lisa Ray. Lisa Renna. Amelia Gray and Garcelle, that whole moment. And I actually don't even want to talk about that moment directly. I want to talk about how Teddy was really itching a part of my ass that I couldn't scratch. Teddy had the nerve to say that Garcelle made it a part of a light conversation when she asked Lisa Renner about how her daughters feel about her dancing constantly on Instagram. That is frankly hilarious especially since she had just, I mean, moments prior, had just bulldozed Don, uh, Denise. I was about to say Donise. I don't know what is going on. Y'all know I can't talk. Y'all know by now. I, the, especially for some reason, these women in uh, Beverly Hills have the most straightforward names, but I butcher them every week. I act like I haven't been watching this since season one. Let me let me get it together. Not Denise. Denise. Denise Richards. Brandy Glanville's girlfriend. Denise Richards. Okay. They acted like 
you know, she did that had just done that to Denise Richards, like moments prior, moments. And for you to sit there and say that Garcelle made it a part of a light conversation is the most hypocritical thing that might have been said on this show all season long. See, the one thing that's kind of, I'll let me just go ahead and say, this kind of pissed me off is that I wish Garcelle would have cussed a lot more than she did at this reunion. Now, see, y'all know my mouth is foul. I would have told Teddy. Actually, no. If Andy, when Andy said, do you have a response? Garcelle was perfect. She said, no, I don't. You absolutely right. Uh, Teddy, what you won't do is use me to, uh, as a storyline next season. You're not about to beef with me. Lady, I've talked to you maybe three times in three episodes this entire season. You're not about to get that from me. I'm about to say no. Let's move on to the next subject. That was actually perfect, Garcelle. Now, I would have cussed her ass out before I said that, but that was perfect, Garcelle. Kudos to you. They then move on to talk about sudden thinking that Lisa Renner's Instagram posts are weird. Honestly, I think calling it weird is really polite. Now, I've mentioned to y'all before that the show doesn't necessarily make me hate Lisa Renner. Well, until we got to this reunion. But my problems came from Lisa Renner on Instagram. She, one, was kind of uh, on-screen bullying on, the, you know, well, you know, phone-screen bullying. And then she just does the most on there. Like, I I have never, I didn't know that Lisa Renner was this attention-starved. And it makes me wonder what Kim Richards was talking about all those years ago. Because I, Harry Hamlin can't be paying attention to her. The amount of attention that woman requires now is quite frankly frightening. I don't It's I listen, Lisa Renner, you are, you, if they replace you next season, I don't know if I would be mad. I mean, I get it. You are a big part of the show. You have been for a while, but it might be time for a change. Lisa, you really kind of working my last nerve and we'll get more so into that and how you work in my nerve a little bit later when we talk about Denise versus everybody else on the cast. Before we get to that though, I kind of wanted to just throw in a little, you know, I do a lot of side notes on this podcast. <laughs> I want to kind of talk, I, you know, I didn't want to skip over it completely. They did talk about Teddy for a great chunk of this reunion. So, you already know based on that that this part of the reunion wasn't nearly as entertaining as the first part just because we focused on Teddy so much. Teddy, I actually, I find you to be a perfectly lovely woman, but Teddy, you are boring as hell. Everything they talked about, I'm sorry, but I, I know, I, I mean, I get it. You know, the kids are a big part of your life. I They're not my kids. <laughs> I don't care nearly that much about knowing what's going on with their fingers and uh, you know, all the stuff that's going on. And, you know, I know the baby has to have surgery. That's really sad though. But I, Teddy, I, I don't know. It's I, my point is y'all got big nerve talking about Robin Dixon in New York, not New York. Oh Lord. Robin Dixon in Potomac as if she's boring. Robin gives 18 times more in a season than Teddy ever could throughout her whole housewives career. 
So for y'all to ever try to insinuate that Robin needs to be gone from Potomac, you got to get through me first. I'll go and stand outside Robin's, uh, <laughs> Robin's little duplex. <laughs> Let me stop because I love Robin. Robin is my favorite on Potomac. Y'all might not know that, but I love me some Green Eye Bandits. You know that, but I love uh, Robin Dixon specifically. And you know how I feel about Juan Dixon, okay? Let's just let's go ahead and, you know. Whew, let's uh let's move on, okay? Okay. Now we can go ahead and talk about Denise versus almost the rest of the cast. You know, she had a few people in her corner, thank God. But I'm not gonna talk about just, you know, the actual arguments that were on the show. There was enough of that on part one, and quite frankly, it's it's getting a little bit tired. I wanna talk about the way Beverly Hills kind of goes wrong. And this situation is a prime example of how they go wrong every single season. The problem is with these ladies, they tend to harp on one storyline each season. And by the end of the season, it ends up being very mean girlish. And I know that sound that's kind of like the standard of what people say about the girls in Beverly Hills, that they're, you know, mean girls. They always pick on one person. But it's true. And, you know, I it wouldn't feel like it was picking on one person if the other women were as open about their lives as they wanted the person who's being picked on to be. Now, when I say that they want uh, Denise to tell everything about her life, they want to know who she's sleeping with, uh, what's going on. Why are you trying to change your image? Did you feel, you know, yada, yada, yada. I can think of so many different instances that have not been talked about on the show this season. I want to know why nobody brought up the fact that, you know, uh, they there's been all this talk about Teddy and Edwin's businesses in the past. I, I completely missed all of that, by the way. But all this talk, and no one ever talks about that on the show. No one talks about, you know, Teddy's actual programs. Nobody talks about the financial situations that uh, Tom Girardi constantly gets into. Nobody talks about uh, this financial situation that PK constantly gets into. Nobody is uh, over there wondering why Kathy Hilton can't be bothered with Kyle Richards so often in a day. You know, it's it. So when all that stuff kind of gets ignored, basically, it makes you wonder why they're so quick to jump on one person's situation and harp on it for the whole season. And so with this situation, it's not an issue of whether or not I believe Brandy or whether or not I believe Denise or whose side I'm on and all like that. As a viewer, just as someone watching a television show, whether it's scripted, whether it is, uh, you know, a documentary, whatever it may be, we as the viewer now kind of go into that protective mode. And in this case, it's protect Denise Richards mode because we all feel like she's being constantly attacked. Now you've wrecked it because we don't care whether or not she slept with Brandy. That was what we were shocked about at first by season's end. We don't give a damn because every single situation she almost has to leave because you guys harp on it. Often and often and often and often. And one of the big reasons for that is that none of y'all really have anything going on. Now, see, that's the problem. Let's relate that to Potomac. Potomac is the best show on Bravo because every single one of those cast members always has something going on. 
Robin and Juan are about to, you know, lead up to this big engagement. They're about to go to counseling, all this different stuff. Giselle has jumped back into a relationship with Jamal Bryant, who has allegedly, you know, cheated on her and had kids outside of wedlock and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, we go to Karen, who says that she's having issues with Ray. I don't, you know, we we can argue about that another day. Monique and Candace have this big thing going on. But then even outside of that, they both have individual situations that they uh, talk about on the show and that they have to deal with. Ashley, now you know Michael will give her a storyline every single season. She, no matter what, she will always have a storyline. Always have a storyline. Ashley Darby will always have a storyline as long as she's married to Michael Darby. And that's just true T. And Wendy also, you know, we're learning about Wendy. We get to learn about her and uh, all them degrees. And now, you know, this episode, we learned about her relationship. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But her relationship with Eddie's parents, that was interesting. You know, that's the difference. We get on Beverly Hills and every, you know, every point of the episode is them either talking about Denise or, you know, another season, just talking about the one person who they've deemed will be the storyline that year. And I don't know if it's because LVP is gone and the production side of things is lacking now because, you know, LVP was always a better producer than she was a cast member. Catch that. And so it I don't know. It just felt. And then on top of all of that, all of that drama that happened at the end of this episode or, you know, the second half of this episode, really, uh, it felt kind of cheapened and it felt staged by specifically Teddy and Erica because they don't have anything going on really. So the fact that they came to this reunion so hyped up and so ready to just, they, I mean, you, you would have thought that like Denise tried to fight them at a party or something, you know, you would have thought that Erica came home and found her uh, tickling Tom's old long ass balls or something. We don't really know what's going on. So it and it feels weird that they come to the reunion with that much energy and that much bass in their voice about a situation that quite frankly does not concern them and moreover that lame excuse of you were trying to make us look bad on TV that doesn't fly no one believes that that is why now like someone like me you know I love a messy housewife i'm sorry i can't help it i love a messy housewife Y'all might get on Giselle all the time, but Giselle keeps up so much mess, and I love every minute of the mess that she keeps up. The problem is we now, as the viewers, no longer care if Denise Richards is a good housewife or not. We care that all the rest of you look like bad guys now. That's just a little note to put out there for production and, and Beverly Hills. And quite frankly, I don't know what will fix it. You know, we got one, I, we, the, like the Bravo community, we are so exhausted and we are so ready for this season of Beverly Hills to be over. It gave great dramatic moments, but it's lacking in a lot of areas and it can be fixed. I don't know if a, a recast will do that. And quite frankly, I don't know if we'll ever see a recast in Beverly Hills because, well, <laughs> I, you know, quite frankly, y'all keep watching. And so when we all keep watching, and they see no need to really kind of change the ratings. I mean, what's the point? They're going to just keep the same cast, you know, add one new person, you know, it, whatever. I will say, though, Garcelle announced this week that she is coming back, despite the fact that De Denise Richards 
has officially quit the show. So that's one good thing to hope for. My hope is that we get rid of at least three out of the group, maybe bump sudden up to a, a full-time cast member and then give us some, some brand new rich women that are not famous. Do not give us a famous person. Just give us some new housewives that we don't know, but are rich, you know, rich to fit in with Beverly Hills and let them, you know, women always say who have nothing to lose. Women who have nothing to lose make the best housewives, i.e. Jennifer Aiden over in New Jersey. I always say that about Jennifer. Jennifer is literally Jennifer Aiden, Stephanie Holman, Cameron uh, Westcott down in Dallas. All these women are perfect housewives because, one, they have their convictions. They stick to them no matter how wrong they may be. Stephanie, I can leave out of there, but the other two, you know what I mean. They're rich, and they literally can just kind of fool la la on their husband's money and go have a good time on their own and still keep up mess for the show. Now, see, a celebrity that's not going to keep up mess but just sit there and then kind of do some image repair or make a business for the show, you know, we don't want to see that anymore. Give us a woman with nothing to lose and Beverly Hills, actually two, give us two women and let them beef and then let the girls pick sides. I guess. I don't know. I'm not about to produce this show for y'all for free. Somebody reach out to me. Just give me a $7 and a Kit Kat bar and I'll help y'all produce this show. Otherwise let's move on to New York. Now this New York reunion is what I've been waiting to talk about. Don't get me wrong, Potomac, you know, they always usually win the week. This was another fantastic episode. Potomac would have won the week just based on that uh, preview of next week's episode alone. But this New York reunion was fantastic. Not just because of all the laughs that we got, but mostly because we got clarity. We got closure. Tinsley will no longer be on the show after this season, but... What she told us during this reunion finally gave us a nice little bow on her and Dorinda's animosity. That's all we can ask for as fans of the show because we have been so confused. Nothing about Dorinda's reactions to anything related to Tinsley have made sense to us. And now we finally have closure. We'll get to that though. First, we got to talk about Leah versus Ramona. That was a mood Leah basically told Ramona to read the room she talked so much about you know Ramona lacks empathy she lacks awareness she's on Instagram you know down at the beach she's up there doing you know turtle time her and Avery's annoying ass are on Instagram making videos that they think are cute and stuff and Leah's basically like people out here losing their lives like this was in the middle of like the height of the COVID kind of pandemic. And she felt like Ramona was not taking it serious. You know, they talked about her being out at these uh, like Trump events and uh, her going out and partying every single night. Dorinda was kind of using that to, uh, you know, to, to, to deflect, but you know, we'll get to that as well, but they really uh, talking about all that. And then Ramona kind of, you know, talking at the same time as Leah. And then she screams, but I was allowed to come back, bitch. Now, why my Bravo brain, you know, I make the most random connections with stuff related to Bravo. When she said, and I was allowed to come back, bitch. Why did that remind me of Nene and Cynthia? I think it was at the season 11 reunion when Nene was like, 
now uh, don't curse me child is it enough for you to curse me <laughs> that moment always sticks out in my mind for some reason that cracks me uh, uh, not curse me child you don't have to curse me girl as if Cynthia cursing was just the worst thing in the world I always think about that because Leah had kind of the same reaction like wait a minute what did you say girl you heard her you know she cussed you out Ramona cusses people out all the time you cuss them out too I cuss people out I'm waiting to cuss my boss out tomorrow because there's a whole lot going on in my job right now we go leave that for another day that's a whole nother podcast I'll uh create a podcast called cussing the he- my boss the hell out and we'll talk about it on there but until then let's get back to these damn annoying ass uh housewives <laughs> now y'all know I find Ramona Singer to be one of the most problematic people on TV. But her ass is funny. <laughs> I so hate to admit that. But Ramona cracks me up. She is the, one of the most problematic housewives. But she's also one of the most quotable housewives as well. I don't have the virus. I don't have the virus. Everyone was looking around like, but girl, yes, you did. <laughs> you just told us. You had uh, the measles. Uh, 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 COVID one, COVID two, all uh, the three through nineteen. You had uh, uh, uh the common cold, syphilis, uh, 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 everything you can think of at the same time. Your doctor told you you were the strongest woman on the planet. You had the virus. I mean, I don't know what's so. You had the virus, <laughs> and so you said, "I don't have the virus. I don't have the virus. I don't have the virus. I don't." See, I was about to turn to a majorette just then. Let me stop. I keep uh, blackening out this podcast. I have to remember. Let me <sighs> bring it back. Focus, Kendrick. Focus. While Ramona was doing all this jumping up and down, saying, "I don't have the virus." Dorenda actually, as mad as I am at Dorenda and as uh, as happy as I am that Tinsley got her ass all the way together on this reunion, Dorenda gave me the funniest line of the night by talking about uh, Ramona constantly going out to speakeasies. A speakeasy? Dorenda, how damn old are you talking about a speakeasy? A speakeasy? I haven't read a speakeasy since, you remember, what was the damn book? One of those books from like Langston Hughes or, or, or James Baldwin talking about slipping on down to the speakeasy. It's 2020. If Ramona ass is not in a bar, I she need to be at home. If if you found a speakeasy in 2020, you don't need to be in there. I know that's a breeding ground for COVID. You ain't even got to tell me. That sounds like something you see on uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO. I don't know about no damn speakeasy now, Dorenda. But uh, you were getting Ramona's ass together, so I'll let it slide. So then we kind of move on to talk about Leah. You know, Andy does his big intro, gives all of Leah's highlights from the season. You know, he gives uh, some of the celebrity feedback that she's gotten. Everybody's loving Leah. You know, uh, Sarah Paulson says on a scale of 1 to 10, Leah's first season was a 25. Side note, that makes me super nervous for her second season. You know, there are a lot of women who are loved during their first season, but then they come on that second season and are eaten alive by the fans. I'm nervous for her, and I'm nervous for Garcelle. See, I'm not nervous for Sudden because <laughs> because Sudden was already an asshole to begin with, so she really ain't got no further to go. So Sudden actually might turn into uh, Princess Diana this next season, but we'll have to see. But anyway, with all that positivity, 
I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about these current contract negotiations that are going on right now. Now, see, the news kind of broke recently that, uh, you know, I was scrolling through Instagram. If you saw, I made a meme about it on the the Instagram account for this podcast where uh, I talked about getting on Leah's Instagram and seeing that she took the Apple, which for those of you who don't know, the New York Housewives hold an Apple in their intro. And uh, she took it out of her bio on Instagram. This sent social media in a tizzy. And then 24 hours later, we find out that no, it's not just a, you know, a, a ploy or a gimmick. Leah is actually having trouble getting the amount of money that she deserves to get from Bravo to come back for a second season. They said that Leah made, what is it, like three, something like $3,000 an episode, which is actually pretty standard for, uh, you know, a, a first-time reality TV star in their first season. It's that next season and the season after that where you really get to, like, negotiate because then they know how well-received you are. Now, see, Leah... It shouldn't be a problem for her getting additional money because one, you've lost two full-time housewives now. Dorenda was fired and Tinsley quit halfway through the show. She just came back to, you know, give us a little closure and thank God she did. But now that frees up a lot of money. Tinsley's been there for three years. Dorenda's been on there for like five, six seasons now. We, you know, this shouldn't be that hard to find middle ground to get Leah's contract worked out. Get it worked out, Bravo, because I can't, as much as I love those original ladies, except Ramona, as much as I love those original ladies, I need, I need Leah on that show. She was kind of the saving grace this season, to be quite honest. Dorinda made it almost unwatchable at times. Ramona is so problematic and almost the antithesis of Black Lives Matter and everything going on in this world that I, I feel bad even like remotely supporting her. Sonya's hilarious. Luann had a great season. So uh, you you need Leah. You know, underpay those next uh, housewives that come up and, you know, are, are trying out for the show or whatever. But Leah has earned it, obviously. She's a fan favorite now. Get it, girl, her money. Before we get to the climax of the episode... I want to kind of preface it by talking about how Andy calls out Dorenda for constantly deflecting his questions. You know, Andy wanted to talk to the ladies about do they examine their drinking habits after the seasons are over? Everyone was kind of like, yeah, you know, Dorenda kind of concurred, but she made a lot of excuses and then she did a lot of reflecting towards Ramona. Not reflecting, deflecting towards Ramona. She didn't reflect on shit. She did a lot of deflecting towards Ramona, saying that uh, Ramona, you know, was calling Leah a whore and all these kind of things. And that they gave us another great line, Ramona. Oh, my God, go to church. That uh, Ramona. <laughs> and everyone is kind of in that moment just verbally recognizing that Dorinda does not like to be criticized and cannot handle being criticized, whether it's by a friend or not. She gets incredibly defensive no matter who it is that's giving her criticism. That entire conversation kept coming back to mainly Ramona and the habits that she had. Every now and then, uh, Tinsley would catch a little piece, but Tinsley was waiting just to set her ass up. And that's the part of the reunion that I want to spend the most time talking about. 
because we finally, 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 oh my, there's so much to unpack. We finally get to the reason of why Dorinda has so much hatred in her heart towards Tinsley Mortimer. We finally get to the package that's about uh, Tinsley specifically and, uh, you know, all the way up until her leaving halfway through the season. You know, she opens up about her relationship with Scott and that it's doing well. And, you know, they ask her why she didn't want to talk about it throughout the season. And, I mean, she basically said she couldn't talk about it on the show because people like Sonya were always going to criticize her. They were going to ridicule her. And then the main question that kind of pops up is, did Scott make Tinsley quit the show? And Tinsley said no. She said she wanted to prove to Scott that she was so serious about the relationship that she wanted to leave the show on her own and she wanted to move to Chicago. Why is that a problem? The woman is in love. She loves Scott. Let her get her ring, which she did, and that was a big-ass rock on her finger, too. If she wants to leave and go to Chicago... uh, Okay, goodbye to the New York Housewives. Nobody is going to dismiss love, especially if that's what they really want and having children and starting a family and having a beautiful life with the person that they love just to stay on reality TV. Reality TV is fleeting. Let Tinsley make her decisions. And they were so quick to call BS on everything. And Dorinda immediately goes on the attack about everything she's saying. Dorinda can only be described as vicious. She attacked Tinsley in every way of her life. I don't want your life, Tinsley. I hate your life. You know, uh, everything you're doing is stupid. You did nothing but lie. Why would Scott uh, have a problem with the show when you met him on the show? And, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then Tinsley gave me probably my favorite reunion moment of the year, rivaled that of uh, the Atlanta reunion, because, you know, that Atlanta reunion was filled with moments. Tinsley finally calls back to season 11 of The Real Housewives of New York. They were on vacation in Miami, and she says that her and Dorinda got into a horrific fight. Now, keep in mind, during Tinsley's entire recounting of this story, Dorinda was denying, denying, denying. She acted as if she had no memory of what she was talking about. This didn't happen. What are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. She breaks it down and says that basically they got into a horrific fight because Scott, Tinsley's fiance, gave John, uh, who was Dorinda's ex-boyfriend, money, and Tinsley let Dorinda know about it. Tinsley says ever since then, Dorinda has had a hatred for uh, Tinsley. She said that every like piece of anger that needed to be directed at John was instantly directed at her instead. And what was even worse, see, this goes back to my point about how production feels about each one of these ladies. Production was not mad about Tinsley quitting halfway through the show. They were they gave her a perfect send off. They welcomed her back with open arms for the reunion. Meanwhile, Dorinda was sitting on that couch lying, acting like she didn't know what they were talking about. No, that never happened, even though Sonya was saying that she remembered. And then, you know, what makes every Bravo Liberty just smile. We get that uh, those three words, unseen production footage. And they show Dorinda on the phone screaming mercilessly 
at John saying that you better not borrow money that is not your friend. And if I tell you do something, you better goddamn well do it. I mean, wow. And the fact that production, we've now seen it two straight weeks in a row. On the season finale, production snuck back in some uh, footage that I'm sure wasn't supposed to make the show because it was fourth wall breaking. But they put in that scene of Dorinda having a fit when Leah mentions Tinsley's name. And then when Tinsley recounting her story, you know, basically saying, yes, I am the victim here, not Dorinda. All these lies she's telling y'all are untrue. They give Tinsley evidence and substantiate her story. They put in that unforeseen footage. And so it makes me feel as someone, you know, I, I see all the rumors online just because I uh, I have like a what they consider a Bravo fan account. I'm one of those people that kind of sees the rumors. They I, it kind of substantiates those rumors that Dorinda was a mean drunk and she was mean to production as well. You know, we've seen the mean drunk on camera. but We haven't seen the mean drunk behind the scenes. And, you know, Dorinda, you know, allegedly has a reputation of a lot of different things. You know, they've alleged that she does drugs and all this kind of different things. So I don't know if all that played into her anger or what, but it it makes it seem like those rumors are real because it seems like production has it out for her. But rightfully so, because Dorinda was unwatchable this season. She was apparently unlikable behind the scenes. And the fact that someone quit halfway through the season and got much, much, much better treatment than Dorinda did says everything, everything about how they feel about them. I do want to point out, though, before I move on to talk about Potomac, you know, that's always my favorite thing in the world to talk about. I want to say there was another rumor that was kind of going around. It wasn't by many pages. It was like one or two pages that were saying that the reason Dorinda hated uh, Tinsley, you know, instead of what we learned on the show, they were saying that Dorinda and John, you know, they all did a commercial together. I forgot who all was on the commercial, but they all did a commercial together. And they were saying that John and Dorinda witnessed Scott being rough with Tinsley or something like that. And that's why she has such an issue with her. I don't believe that for a second. That is, you know, all that's alleged, but that I don't believe for a second. If you don't think that Dorinda would have said that on camera at any point, you are out of your goddamn mind. There is no way Dorinda would have kept it to herself when she was blatantly under attack. She would have said it on social media. She would have said it on the show. She would have said it on the reunion, something. This was just a pure case of misdirected anger and that's all i got to say on that let's move over to potomac so you know by now my potomac deep dives are always a little bit more dense than the other cities simply because i actually talked about new york and beverly hills for about 20 minutes apiece though good god oh lord it's gonna be a long episode but i uh 20 minutes that'll actually remain in the show i mean (laughs) but I uh I usually talk about them a little more because they as I said before they all have something going on and all this stuff can lead to bigger conversations like the first part of the episode was the conversation between Giselle, Monique and Candice. Oh no no no. Giselle, Candice and Ashley. 
they were the ones, you know, Giselle and Candace uh, wanted to find a way to tell Ashley that they had heard this rumor and they needed to tell her before she went home and saw Michael the next day. So I love the way that Giselle frames it. You know, she says, we've heard some news. Uh, I want you to know that Candace only told me because we're close friends and she is happy that you two have gotten back to a good place and she doesn't want to ruin that. So she wanted us to break this to you gently. Perfect way to do it, Giselle, because my first question, and you know, if I would have gotten in an interview, I would have been like, why the hell is Candace doing this all over again? Giselle framed that perfectly. Which kind of alludes to why, you know, a lot of people are wondering why Monique was getting upset about this constantly throughout the episode. I don't know. It makes you wonder because I actually thought that they did a good job about framing this. Ashley, they let her read those text messages. It seemed like she was faking being surprised. She didn't really seem surprised to me, but I don't know. It it kind of to me, this is what really begs the question. That moment right there. Do we think that Ashley and Michael have an, arrang- an arrangement? I do. I definitely think that if he hadn't been so sloppy, he might not have gotten caught. And then they could have just kept going with this, whatever arrangement that they have. And, you know, of course, we don't know for sure. He might just be a dog and cheating on her left and right. And she just might be the forgiven wife that wants to stay and, you know, I don't know if she wants financial security, if she wants her son to grow up with a father, her children, actually, now she's pregnant with number two. But I don't know. It it just it it feels like they have some type of arrangement that they never anticipated talking about on the show. And now they're constantly being forced to, you know, we saw in their preview for next week that. Uh, Ashley is telling them that they've done threesomes before with other women. And I don't, I don't know. It just, you know, it has to beg the question. Side note, you know, I always go off on a little side note tangent. You can say a lot about Candace Dillard. What you can never say is that she doesn't get on that camera looking her best. Candace, her face is always beat to the gods. I mean, I don't know who does her makeup. If it's Jesus H Christ himself, he does the H stands for Henry. I don't know if he does his her makeup himself or what, but Candace, her face specifically always looks good on the camera. Kudos, Candace. We then get a little bit of a laugh because we see Karen acting like a drunk doing those. Look, she was only pouring the, the shot glasses up like a fourth of the way though. I don't know how she was drunk, but we see her. She was trying to get Monique and Candace to have this big conversation while she drunk. They like, get going on. So we're not about to do that shit right now. <laughs> and then, okay, she's like, well, if y'all not going to talk about, you know, talk about your issues, I'm just going to talk about my mop, my uh, moist-ass pussy. Karen, don't nobody want to hear about this shit. Leave, keep that to yourself. I'm about to move on because I, ugh, Karen, I don't, we don't want to hear that shit. We then get to the scene where the ladies are gathered around the kitchen. And basically, Monique discusses how she takes issue with the fact that they sat Ashley down to discuss something and she felt like it was disrespectful in her home. I want to talk about something else though. It seems like, and I hate to say this, even I, you know, I love the entire Potomac cast, but this week specifically, it seems like we're kind of seeing a shift in who 
the fans are siding with. So now it kind of seems like people are going from Team Monique to Team Candace. It seems like they're still, you know, they love Can- uh, Monique more. But in this situation, it seems like they're more so Team Candace, which kind of makes me wonder how this is all going to play out on social media on Sunday because that's going to be when we see the beginnings of the big fight. I think the, it's going to be a cliffhanger. You know they how Bravo does. Last two minutes, they're going to be swinging on each other. We're not going to see anything until next Sunday. So, you know, we won't talk about that now. But it's really kind of, uh, it's weird because I feel like Candace is justified in bringing it to Ashley. Monique said that, you know, as a football wife, they would never bring up that kind of gossip or something that they heard about someone's husband. I I believe that. I agree with that. I know there's a code among athletes' wives that you're not going to tell me what a groupie told you about my man. I get that. The difference I see is that Candace's friend provided her with photographic evidence. She didn't just tell her a rumor. The girl got a picture of Michael in there. And then to top it off, you know, the pictures were about to start circulating the Internet anyway. And they, you know, that's not going to stay secret long. They knew that was going to come out. They needed to warn Ashley before, you know, things got worse. And then she wound up going home. And then she discovered that the ladies were talking about it behind her back. That's what you don't want to happen. So I actually, I'm in agreement with Candace on this. You know, Robin and Wendy both kind of disagree with Monique, saying that she needed to hear it because, you know, there was nothing wrong with it. They handled it tactfully. They didn't need to be in the room. They being the other women and they handled it. Well, there was no reason for kind of Monique to get mad about it. And I'm actually on their side with this one. I think that they told Ashley, good job. Now you can go home and pretend like Michael ain't did nothing wrong. Cause that's what you're going to do anyway. I, you know, I love a side note before I go to the, you know, the next main thing that I feel is the next main thing, which would be Monique versus Candace outside. I want to talk about a moment that was, I mean, not even 30 seconds, maybe 15 seconds long, where Karen comes outside and Robin speaks to her. She was like, hey, uh, Karen, you know, I heard you were drinking all the fireball last night. You know, really like just kind of joke, like kind of throwaway comment. And Karen acted as if she didn't know what Robin was talking about. That kind of pissed Robin off. I'm, I'm guessing it's because, you know, they're tired of that whole uh, I'm the grind, um, you know, shit. That stuff kind of gets old. That's like Nene with that HBIC shit. No one cares now. You know, new cast members are here. You got to get over it. But it seems like Robin really took issue with stuff like that. And it seems like she had been telling Wendy who Karen really is. We know Karen lies. You know, Karen been lying since she got on the show. But Robin turns to Wendy and she says, see, this is the shit that I'm talking about. Now, see, I need some explanation about this. If y'all remember, those of you who have been watching Potomac since inception, I want to say it was season three when Karen and Robin were having some beef. You know, I think they referenced it back when she was saying, you know, you the dizziest bitch at the table and all like that. When Robin chased, uh, (laughs) when she chased Karen out of that women's empowerment event, you know, they got a little history, but they, it, it seems like they had gotten over it. I want to know what that little moment was about. If anything, I need them to rehash that beef this season because that'll be some funny shit. I need to know 
what that little moment was about. I feel like production wouldn't have thrown it in that episode if we weren't going to get a little more meat to go with those potatoes later in the season. I don't know, though. That's just a little something that I noticed. I'm wondering if y'all noticed it, too. It Y'all give a lot. Good Lord. So then we get to Monique and Candace have yet another argument. And this one, ooh, this one came out of nowhere. It kind of makes you wonder, like, is something genuinely brewing between Candace and Monique? Because it feels like if this is what's leading up to the fight, then me as a viewer, I'm confused. Karen made the comment that she wanted a fire pit in her backyard. Somehow this kind of set Monique off saying that she wanted the courtesy of everyone being around her fire pit, which she didn't get last night. She didn't get to have that moment with you guys. Huh? <laughs> it, I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't sit right with me. It feels weird that you're still mad about this. Candace still remained calm in the moment. She apologized to Monique yet again, but Monique was like lit. Monique was not going to let it go. Candace chooses to walk away from the fight, which 100% I agree with. I wouldn't have stayed and participated in the fight either. Wendy kept reminding her, which I, I love Wendy because Wendy, even though her and Candace are friends, you know, she came onto the show through Candace. Oh, did I call her good candy? Yeah, see you looking, looking. Let me stop before I got to pay for that song. Candace uh, brought Wendy on the show, but Wendy kept reminding her, you know, she's, I feel like she's an impartial person. She kept reminding her, but she says she's sorry. She says she's sorry. She says she's sorry. You know, kind of what the fans are thinking, like, why is this such a big issue? Like, I don't understand what is driving this. It seems so kind of out of place no one really was understanding why Monique was mad and then both Robin and Wendy started once again kind of uh, voicing their concerns they do all this uh, kind of concern voicing and Monique basically says that she doesn't believe that Giselle and Candace are concerned about uh, Ashley's relationship like they're pretending to be and Wendy kind of asked her, oh, so you think they're kind of faking it? She chooses not to answer that. She takes her uh, cupcakes or uh, danishes, whatever they are, and goes back in the house. That leaves the entire group confused. They're like, what is going on? And then we get another side note. You know, I <laughs> I love my side notes. The funniest part of this goddamn episode, everybody was down there. The entire group was singing happy birthday to Monique's. Monique except for Candace. Now y'all know that girl's favorite damn song is happy birthday. <laughs> the girl sings it every chance she gets. She liked that more than Beyonce. She liked it more than Summer Walker. She likes it more than uh, Ari Lennox, Gladys Knight, the Pips, everybody. She likes happy birthday. Not even the Stevie Wonder version. No, nah, she don't like the soul version. Uh-uh. She wants happy bird. No, nah, she wants the original joint. I, <laughs> that lady stayed upstairs and did not come down to sing. Now, that's how you know it's some beef between them two. Because normally, Candace do anything to sing Happy Birthday. I'm going to leave that alone because them ladies really beefing and really about to get the jacking on this next episode. So, let me let me move it forward. Last few things before I got to try to cut this episode off and give y'all an actual episode before the week ends. <laughs> Uh, we get to that conversation about Wendy and Eddie. See, this goes back to what I was talking about 
about how much depth there is. Like if this was sports, we'd be talking about a depth chart. That's when you have so many people on the roster that can go in in case your front line gets hurt. You have replacements. Everybody on this Potomac cast has depth. There's a lot we can pull from those cast members. Wendy and Eddie were able to relate to so many other uh, members of the group by talking about the fact that Eddie's mother doesn't like Wendy. They then start to clarify that, well, it's his mom that doesn't like my mom and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's because, uh, you know, in African culture, there's, if you don't speak the language or, you know, no matter what it is, there's something that makes them have a hatred for something. So people like Eddie, who they feel is not, you know, what they refer to as the lost ones because he doesn't speak the language. He doesn't know the history or, you know, whatever it might be. He's Nigerian, but he's not what they consider to be Nigerian. So that might be the issue there. They even went so far as to not come to their wedding. They told their own friends that, you know, if you go to that wedding, Eddie's where I know you've known him since he was a child, but if you go to that wedding, we will not be friends with you anymore. That is a lot to go out of your way to openly hate the woman that your son is marrying. Like, that's a lot. The reason I love this conversation so much it's because the entire group almost was able to relate to the situation. Think back to Chris and Monique when uh, Chris's mom, didn't I get that half a straight? <laughs> That's still one of my favorite Bravo moments. That boy's mama so messy. I love every minute of it. But that uh, kind of reflected that, you know, his mom had to kind of own up and not only apologize, but kind of own her role in the disintegration of their relationship. She had to own it. You know, now they're on a much better terms, but it wasn't always that way. And then, but the Chris that actually asked the question was Candace's husband. And so he's like, you know, I, you know, I have to deal with Miss Dorothy. Basically, he didn't say a name, but you know, he's like, I got to deal with Miss Dorothy. Miss Dorothy, how do y'all handle that situation? And so conversations like that are so real. And it's really not conversations that we get on all of the Housewives shows. It's really special when you have a cast this good that can really kind of relate to everybody and everybody choosing to open up. But you also know what it is. Potomac has only been on our screens for what? Maybe four, maybe five years now. It has gotten to the point where we still are learning things about the cast members. Some of the other Housewives franchises have had cast members on there for so long that it almost feels like we know everything about them. We know the history between Kenya and her mother. We know the past about Candy and Todd and Mama Joyce. You know, we know all that stuff. And so when when we have cast that are this young, not like age-wise necessarily, but when we have them, we're still learning things. And like Wendy is a good addition because she can still contribute to the conversation not even knowing most of these ladies. I mean, it it just goes to show why Potomac really is on top. Side note, I'm happy that those ratings have climbed back up. That holiday weekend lowered those uh, live ratings a lot, but they're now they're back up. They're over a million again, like as they should be. They should be even higher than that. But, 
you know, the, with everything they got coming on, I got a feeling that Potomac about to be the best and biggest housewives show after a while. So we'll see. Another side note. Look, I'm doubling up on side notes now. Uh, do y'all think Monique was really asleep on that couch when Candace was trying to say bye? I don't. <laughs> it kind of, I don't know. It, you know, uh, Candace had a point where she was like, you know, Miss, Miss Hospitable and uh, what is going on and yada, yada, yada. It, I mean, it made sense. Monique was laid out on that couch like she was asleep. She didn't want to talk to the girl. She was over her. And my thought is all the frustration that she had and didn't want to speak to her is go bubble over. And it's going to lead right to that fight that's about to happen. I'm anxious to see what causes this fight. Like, really? I saw, you know, Candace, when they showed the preview, I saw Monique saying, you know, get your finger out of my face. You know, that is a trigger for black people. Don't put your finger in my face. That basically says, I want to fight you. So maybe that's what started. I don't know. Maybe they were violating personal space. But I'm anxious to see. I don't. That didn't have nothing to do with Monique being asleep, but... Uh, we go roll with it. Okay. It's funny. I talk about all this because I just saw something on Instagram where Portia was like, I need to know girl, were you really asleep? You know, Portia from Atlanta and Monique and Potomac are actually really good friends. They vacation together. And, uh, Monique was like, girl, I was knocked out just like you were in Cozumel and stuff like that. So it seems like Monique is saying she was really asleep. So we'll go with it. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but it ain't nothing, you know, that I can do about it. So we get to Ashley and Michael at the end of the episode. Michael Darby is an asshole. Like, really, he does that thing where that really irks me when people can't own their assholeness. So he tries to, like, laugh around it. That pisses me off to no level. But he did that. He kept saying, I'm reviewing a document. I'm eating my lunch. You know, you caught me off guard over and over again. Only for an hour later, the news to erupt around the world all the blogs are picking up that michael darby once again has allegedly cheated on ashley and this time there's a different photo not the photo that candace showed to ashley the night before she it was the photo of him from behind none but underwear on in a hotel room now what is going on with that we don't get to see that until next week episode. That was kind of the cliffhanger. They're going to go out to dinner and discuss. He says he's had some kind of confession to make to her. I'm Michael Darby. I mean, you the gift that keeps on giving, but stop cheating on that lady. That lady about to give you a second child now. I know you got like 13 other ones, but that lady is about to give you a child. You got to do right by her. That At this point, I don't know who I judge, you or Ashley. I judge both of y'all, actually. <laughs> but Ashley uh, reposted one of my things on Instagram. So I ain't going to be too mad at you, Ashley. At least you're trying to help me grow this little platform. So, hey, girl. Okay. But anyway, what did you guys think of this week? Who do you think won the Housewives Wars this week? Do you think the New York reunion was the best? Do you think part two of the Beverly Hills reunion was the best episode this week? Or did you love Potomac? That was a jam-packed Potomac episode. I don't know who I pick. I'm actually glad we got three quality episodes this week across all the Housewives franchises. Email me and let me know your thoughts as usual. Email me at gmail at housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you follow me on Instagram at housewivesmarvelpodcast. Please be sure, if you're listening on Apple Music, to like and review this podcast 
subscribe. I would love that so much. I love seeing all that. Love seeing those comments on Instagram, everything. I want to interact with you guys so much. And I will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.